lights out and away we go. Welcome to an American's Guide to Formula One. I'm Andy Lewis. And I'm Tim Lewis. Now let's start the show. Let's start the show indeed. We're back, Dad. Yo, 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 yo. I mean, it's a a week away. We're here to give you a little brief uh, recap from testing uh, like we do every year and uh, discuss the five cars that we hadn't seen uh, on our our preseason podcast just a couple weeks ago. we're back via the phone, of course. Dad's back on the other side of the hill. Um, and, uh, yeah, it should be a little short yeah. short podcast, but I'm, I'm just – I guess I'm just really excited for this season, and I figured – I felt yeah. like you were too, so we might as well record. We haven't talked, yeah, and yeah. I haven't really caught up about any of this stuff, so this is just, like, going to be kind of what our normal, like, over-the-phone conversation is. Is it, like, off-the-cuff? Very off the cuff. I mean, not that we're like yeah. ever really that on the cuff, um, <laughs> but I just we're on the cusp of cuckoo. I just, I just, uh, I'm, I was buzzing. I was buzzing, and I think you were buzzing, and I was trying to work yeah, some out yeah. with some other dudes um, to join us, but it all fell through. But that's fine. We'll get, we'll get, we got, we got a lot of good guests coming up this year. I think, Dan. So I'm hoping that well, that's what we're planning. I mean, that'll be fun. the guide continues, right? We have a lot of young fans that want mm. we want to hear their story and talk about F1 and just increase that community. Uh, which, speaking of, we'll do a plug right at the top of the pod. And if you're not and want to be in our grid rival. Um, fantasy league which you really should because someone's got to be dad this year i mean he's undefeated <laughs> his he is the red bull of the league and he needs to be taken down like <laughs> so we've had a couple new people join uh the link to join will be if it's not i'm pretty sure i already put it in the bio on the american's guide to f1 instagram page um I can. I think I'll be. I might be able to put it in the the show descriptions on the podcast. Um, but if not, DM me on there, and I'll send you the link too if you can't figure it out. But we want we want as many people as we can joining this year. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. I look forward to it. I think me and Dad are also going to do the race. Uh, the 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 races F one podcast. They have a league as well. I'm gonna. I've done it every year. I think Dad's gonna do it this year. You can also do that with us too. There's like I think there's over like ten or eleven thousand people in that league. It's it's pretty fun. All right, enough with that. Let's talk about cars. Let's talk about. Well, what? Wait. What? We sure we the other thing, other than that, we sure would. You know, if you like us, let us know. Oh yeah, I mean, please yeah, subscribe. Boost us. Subscribe. Really, just a little rating. That'd yeah, like yeah. like the episode, leave us a rating and leave us a comment. That boosts us big. Only if it's good. If it's bad, keep it to yourself. Just kidding. Well, even if <laughs> tell it, us what you think. Come know. on, come on, really. If yeah, if it's good or bad, or are we going to change anything? Probably no. Not. I mean, we're no, just, no, no. This no. is for us, anyways. If you guys Couple like crazy it, that's dudes. great too. Because we like <laughs> we like doing it, and if people listen, it I don't know, it feels cool. So, Dad, we had yeah. we had previously discussed 
the uh, what did we do? We did the Haas, the Sauber, the Williams, the Alpine, and the Visa Cash App RB, <laughs> the RB team. <laughs> so we yeah. we had not yet seen the McLaren, the Mercedes, the Red Bull, and the Ferrari, and now we've all I know we've gotten to see them not only stills, but going around in actual images. What do you think of uh, What's what's your favorite? Let's say let's start there. Which car of all of them do you think is your favorite livery? Just I'm just talking pure livery right now, guys. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into testing stuff shortly. Yeah. Well, um, I was hoping that I'd be able to say it was going to be the team formerly known as Alfa Romeo, but it is now Stake, and their livery is so horrible that I think you can put a fork in that. Really? Yeah, I, like, I kind of like this. I kind of like it. What's your favorite? Um, I don't know. It's between, you're going to, it's between McLaren and Haas. Really? Really? That's not what I expected. McLaren no, and true. Haas. Haas I like over McLaren. I think McLaren's probably one of my lowest. I don't know those wheels, the those chrome, chrome wheels, baby. Still, I mean, it's, no, yeah. nothing's changed. They haven't even. At least they kept it. Like a lot of the other wheels look look awful. I think. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm full on Tafosi this year. Yeah, uh, that Ferrari, yeah. those that yellow and white stripe, the white on the front yeah. wheel arches. Yeah. It's overall just shape looks the most appealing to me. I think followed very closely by the Aston Martin. I like the like return to a more classic British racing green. Like they lost mm. that kind of like metallic-y almost blue green that they had. Mm. And it's like a sh- it's not it's not it's just a British racing green and then I don't know. I think it looks. I think it looks the business. I actually. Really, I don't know. I. I also really like the Merc. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. That like they have like the silver arrow on the front nose, and then that Patronus blue green, and then it fades to the black, and then it has like silver. It's like a silver fading to black over the, over the top, and then it has the three point stars outline like just the three point stars in the back again mm-hmm. I think it looks awesome awesome yeah now i was gonna say the aston martin livery although it's a it's a throwback to classic british racing green i i think it kind of takes on its advertising namesake there on the side pod to, a, a ram a ramco like it looks like it got a ram code out of somebody's ass. <laughs> I did. It's so, I, it it's is, so boring. It is weird that a Ramco is bigger than both the Aston Martin like badge, the wings, and the Aston Martin name up on the. But look at that! Like they're like shark fin at the back of the Aston. How pointy and like, a, like it looks fast in a still image, you know? Yeah. Compared to even look at the Ferrari mean. above it and the Red Bull above it, I think the Red Bull is yeah. the worst looking of them all. Especially, yeah, well, like I know. Now, <laughs> go ahead. We have to delineate between Red Bull racing. 
Oh, true. And red and Red Bull team. So dumb, man. RB. But, I think they're saying it's RB. Everybody's refer just starting to refer to him as RB. Well, I'm doing RBR for, you know, the Verstappen stuff. I'm calling it. And I'm doing cash app RB. Cash. Okay, Cash App. But the thing about it is, is at least they got personality. That livery, it is a great, it, and I guess from, it's so much better than than the Art Red Bull. I guess that but, the silver in person, because I was listening to some the race uh, Scott Mitchell mom talk about it, and he says that the silver is like really shiny, like chrome shiny, and mm. it's it's pretty striking in the person, and it looks pretty dang cool. So, oh, you mean on the where the Red Bull. The like bowl on the, the bowl air on intake. the side and the big visa. Oh yeah, it's all like a shiny. It's shiny. Yeah. It's is it scintillatingly shiny? Type um, thing. So yeah, you know, okay, Ferrari. Yeah, they're looking pretty tough. I think it. I think it's easily, easily the best Ferrari livery for some time. Yeah, it's like they took some of what. Um, you can't see it in the picture. Alfa, Alfa Romeo. I'm looking at him. No, no, I'm saying, but on the that the on the front when you're looking head on to the rear wing, it's white and black Ferrari, and then mm-hmm. the wheel markers over the like that are on the front of those uh, the like whatever they call them, the arrow blades that go over the oh front the shrakes. No, yeah. not the shrakes. No, the shrakes aren't that. That's yeah, I know. But it's the little humpy things too, over the wheel. But, but like, it, and then they have like red and yellow wheels, which I think just look awesome. Yeah. What what, you, what were we talking about last year? About they need more yellow. I want I want a full on yellow car, like a yellow and white car. And mm. like like literally inverse this livery instead of where everywhere mm. it's red. It's white, or I mean, it's yellow, and everywhere you know, and the like, and then hmm. you know where the yellow is, it's red. How much? How freaking cool would that look? I don't know. We'd have to see. And then black, and then yeah, I think it would mm-hmm. cool. hopefully yeah. there, there's more yellow on their out their uniforms, their coveralls too. But yeah, so they hurt us. I I just want more. I mean, I hopefully know we if, can get a. I know Ferraris are uh, red, but. Yellow is the house color I, Ferrari. I don't know. I, I I heard that our press passes are coming in the mail. Oh yeah, you applied. They took that. They, they took that idea and ran with it. Yeah. No, I just said, hey, you need more yellow. You know, it's like they had a fever. I got a fever. No. And, and there's just just one cure for that fever. You know, more yellow. Well, the other thing we have to talk about, moving on before we get into the testing. And our predictions mm-hmm. for this for this upcoming Bahrain race and kind of the season, mm-hmm. the first part of the season at all at, at large, um, is Christian Horner's. There's still no news. There's still no decision left on Christian Horner, and which was really odd to see him in testing and in his role as team principal and going to the press conferences and being asked about it. And, and there's still not a decision. Um, but in my opinion and I mean, we haven't talked about this since the last pod, is that doesn't look good. That's not a good look. It's not a queer, like quick and concise, oh, they made this allegation, we looked into it, it was unfounded, business as usual. It's like, 
hey, we need some more time. There's a lot to go through here. <laughs> yeah. A lot of text messages yeah. were sent that uh, we got to read. So, hmm. And from what I hear, I've seen two different things. I think it's all rumors, but one is a sexual allegation against a female coworker, and then the other is just an out-and-out aggressive management style. Uh, either of which doesn't sound good, but definitely sexual allegation stuff in this age is just obviously a no-go and needs to be dealt with swiftly. And like, especially if you're try like as the F one is trying to do is promote a more inclusive, try and get more women into the sport. Having mm-hmm. predators as po- as principals probably isn't the best way to do that. Um, mm, you are correct. So I'm saying it doesn't look good, and the longer it takes, I think the worse it looks. But I think, you know, Zach Brown and Toto are both really saying that, like, there needs to be transparency on this. Like, it's been made and put in the public eye enough that, like, I don't want to see it just being, like, kind of, you know, we're we're into fourth, fifth, sixth race, and there's still no, like, decision and yeah just dragging on yeah like i mean i want there to be like appropriate look into it but like i don't want it to just like fade and then nothing ever happens um i want to see i think the results and like if he stays in this position we got to see why you know so why yeah why that was justified well it's distracting it is and it sucks and that's not what we want to be talking about it's and it's not like I mean, there's a lot of distracting things, drama things that come up during the year, but they're kind of soap opery kind of things, not, you know, stuff like this. this yeah. um, and it just really is a black eye for the sport and any sport that has yeah. to go through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not what we want people to be talking about when it comes to Formula One. We want it to be talking right on. about so, the cool, fast cars and the young, attractive men. Just kidding. <laughs> Driving them. <laughs> Oh yeah, baby. And hopefully someday women driving them. That would be rad. Not gonna lie. Well, we do have women driving, although they're not I mean in like you know a permanent driving role. I would love to see right. a woman Formula One race winner, podium points scorer, you know, champion. So Yeah, it's kinda of, you you definitely want to have a someone that can really compete, you know. And that, you know, that that's going to be, that's a pretty extraordinary uh, type of person, I think, as far as a woman goes, just based on the differences of strengths. I think conditioning is probably no different, but just in sheer muscle mass. I think women um, can be just as strong because you don't want to be too bulky, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's just having the muscle power to and the stamina. I think the stamina is fine. Certainly the mental capacity is um, better, probably. I, I don't, probably better, but I, <laughs> that's not virtuous in the wing. It's just because no. men are poisoned. We're poisoned by our testosterone, guys, so that makes us kind well, of a and, goofball. A lot of I mean, I just, just based on living with one. She's better at most things than me. So, yeah, yeah. Now I have to admit that is the case too with your mother. So, um, 
I would, yeah, I think it's coming. It's, it, I think the developmental part of it is probably good so that they can, um, uh, I mean, so they can kind of reason, evaluate things. And, yeah. I mean, the first thing is yeah. what we're doing now is like it has to be viable. It has to – there has to be at junior positions and and like, you know, because like right. you're never going to find that that female driving that's going to do it if that person never even thinks it's a possibility, you know? Like, right. you know, it's like we have to be able to envision ourselves in a role in order to even try and go in after that role, you know? Yeah. And it's, so I think it's probably a good process. Uh, and I, I don't know if this is the case, but are there many girls, um, and women who, you know, so many of the racers started out in karting as six, seven, eight year olds. Yeah. Are there girls that starting that early? I think that's the whole um, driver Academy thing that, that Susie, yeah. was, they're trying to like, yeah. Again, like it ha they have to see the avenues. They have to exist first and like people have to be able to see that as a as a viable option. And I think I think that, you know, the popularity of the sport growing overall, especially in like platforms like Netflix and stuff like more of like the easily consumable parts of the sport, we'll say. Um Yeah. That, you know, like and then like it but it, that's going to at least give interest to it. And then they're going to maybe look into like, how yeah. it, but it's also just other jobs too, you know, like strategists, you know? Oh man. How many, I could listen to Bernie Collins all day long. Totally. You know, she's fantastic. And, um, but again, give and it, it more just of a, a voice as to a side too. Yeah. As a, as a side note, I don't know if you remember, but when you were a kid, um, they're the neighbor of your grandparents. Um, he was into karting. Yeah. And there was a gal, there was a gal named Saber. I can't remember her last name, yeah. but this Christian bird was the neighbor. And uh, this gal, this girl, Saber, they were back and forth, back and forth at all the races. Um, and so now that's some, and this was like 10 years ago when this yeah. was all going down. So, well, and I think, I think those, with those arbitrary gender barriers are being torn down, rightfully, you know, where little girls don't feel like they have to do certain things and little boys don't feel like they have to do certain things. And like, hopefully well, with that, that lessening of expectations based on gender, we'll see, you know, more people choose to do things that they just well, and I think it's the, And I think it's honing a mental toughness that that's not unique to males or females. It's just ability to, do you have, I guess, start out with the right stuff and then to stick to it enough and the dedication to develop the mental toughness. We always talk about how yeah. mentally tough these, these racers are. And I kind of, so, I kind of wonder if there'll ever be pushback about sport and starting sports so young, you know? Like, there's an argument to be made that, like, to achieve greatness now, like, you basically have to sacrifice your childhood. You know? Like, you, like you, have, yeah. you have to start at such a young age. And it's like, you have to, you have to and go down a path, you know, 
that you're you're like you don't even know if you'll still want in the future you know it's it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to think about you know like yeah i see what you're saying about you know i'm talking about developing mental toughness as a yeah. seven-year-old and that's yeah that, right you know like you, know, you gotta <laughs> like like like, Quit crying. Uh, the sponsors yeah. don't like it. You seven-year-old. Like, yeah, <laughs> race drivers don't cry. Yeah, you know, but no, I mean, it's. I think gaining experience at a young age is the trick. Yeah, the mental toughness has to come when your your brain develops. You know, when you're well into your teens, and you have more of a a direction, because. You know, it's just like anything in life. Not, not everybody's cut out to go to college or be someone in the trades. It's a you got to find your way to. Uh, and our parents need to, you know, raise us up in the way that you know. What are we bent for? What What's our deal? Yeah, but again, and how not do you with, even know that when you're seven, when you're eight, when you're nine. Like it's again, it's some. It's you're some, not. That's my point. Yeah. You're not. If you're interested in it. Winning is not the end all and be all. The experience of driving yeah. is. I think there's enough and, people who just want it. I'm just one of those people who never really knew. And I think, and I think, unfortunately, parents tend certainly can live vicariously through the achievements of their kids, and that's not the way to bring up a kid in the, in anything. Yeah, but I mean, so, it does. It does. Sometimes it yields pretty spectacular results. You know. Like you look at the Williams, you look at Tiger Woods, you look at Max Verstappen, probably Hamilton, yeah. maybe I don't know. Like there were some dedicated. You have to be a dedicated parent as well, but I don't know. We got into some. We're way off the topic here, but it's interesting to me. No, but I mean it's it's, it's a reality of the of Formula One now, Andrew. Yeah, the F one Academy. Well, I, I think it's the. Re- I but I regret point, not following it. Yeah, I, I regret think. not following it more closely. Because I think it was a big success. No, it's still going. Um, it's still going. I know. I know. And well, don't regret so maybe, not following it closer. Start following it closer. Well, that's what we were talking about. Yeah. You could be the the F1 Academy correspondent for the American's Guide to Formula One. <laughs> I'll give you that top Whoa. Oh, yeah? All right. Let's get into yeah. some testing. What do you say? Yeah, man. Let's do it. From what you've looked on recaps, and I don't know how much of the actual overall testing you watched, I watched a little bit, a couple of, you know, mostly highlight stuff. Um, it's kind of, it is like, I mean, I'm a pretty, I think we're pretty big fans, but if you're watching all of those hours of that, man, you are a much bigger fan than I am. I get. Exactly. I get a little, it gets, a, especially because you just don't know what's going on. So let's, let's put an asterisk next to everything we're going to say. And most of this is just kind of like our the cliff notes of other people's cliff notes, um, right? And our our basic general perceptions and what we've heard rumblings in the F one world that we're attuned to. But who do you think? Let's start with. We're gonna kind of just gonna go through the pecking order. Who would you place on the bottom or toward the back? What let's let's maybe define the back. The, the back of the pack that we see right now for me. Right. I'll let you start and then we'll go team by team kind of. I'll pick my next one after you. Um, 
I don't know, with all, everything that's happened at Haas, I think I think we had to put them bringing up the rear at this point with new team principal and kind of underperforming last year. And I think that they even set that expectation too, and I think that's some of it. The one thing that I found to be a little bit, I don't know, reassuring is that they definitely seem to be testing the car in a different way than other teams. They were primarily focused on long run testing, race simulation, and trying to like, because if you remember, that was their huge, huge problem last year is that they would actually, you know, qualify sometimes fourth, I think. Hulkenberg one time broke the top six, you know, easily into Q3 sometimes. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. just be seconds a lap off the pace in the race with tire degradation right. and long running. And so they did actually complete the most laps of any um, any of the teams, a total of 440 laps, which is kind of nuts to think about. It's a lot of, not a lot of time in the car. Um, oh, definitely. And so that's at least they didn't have some of the like mechanical gremlins that seem to plague other teams. Um, you know, like McLaren well, had issues. I know Williams had issues. McCl- uh, Mercedes had some reliability and, and technical issues. Um, so they did get a lot of running and they have a lot of data, but I think that they are on the back foot comparatively to most well, teams. Well, that's true. And I think, I don't know, I think it was um, the race, what's his name, Scott, Bobby, Bobby, Boo. Scott Mitchell, Mom. Mom, you know, was, was saying they were just really focusing on tire degradation, how to get on top of their tire management issues because although in the short run, they, like you said, had gotten into Q3 on more than one occasion, but then when they get to the long run, their, their tires just went away. And so, as you were mentioning, they were running heavy, high, high fuel loads, apparently much of the three days of testing. And to try and get on top of their tire management issues. And some people almost, I, I don't know, did Moam say that it's almost like a sandbagging thing because they really weren't working on time so so much they're working on how can we make our tires last for the long run well i mean we know we've got that's the that's the that's the asterisk we talked about is that the only the things that we're unprivy to are actual fuel loads yeah they could wait that could just be on the car unnecessarily um not like that like like basically things that they can change and trim the amount of cooling that a car is running versus their what they would see to or think to be their race trim. Um, but then there's also tire offsets and temperature offsets that very, very little, very infrequently during testing is our cars that are directly being compared to each other on the same tire on the same time doing the same running program. Right. And so you have to leave you have to look and you have to kind of like read through the numbers and try and read past some of the, the, you know, the, the tire offsets or the temperature offsets. Um, but, um, in all measures, 
other than just sheer running time, I think Haas is definitely bringing up the rear or close to it. Unless they figure something out, but um, with all this tire testing, okay, my, tire, again, you have to just have my, to just see. Yeah, we won't we won't know till next week in qualifying, really. Right. Um, but I would I'm gonna safely put Haas toward the back. I think in my by what I've heard and what I've seen. Um, the other one, my next car that I'm gonna put just right back there potentially, and this is. This is atrocious. Is Alpine? From what I hear, the car is quite a handful, very rear un- unstable, and like just looks a mess. The drivers don't seem to have confidence in it. And for a works team that not too long ago was easily the fourth fastest car, fifth fastest car to be talking about being in the in the back of the pack i think that's just that's not good i guess they're overweight um i, I think but really well, the, the rumblings that always scare me are when drivers just don't feel confident and we're talking about also two of the drivers that have a tendency to, <laughs> to run into each other um <laughs> and you don't and then well you have, no confidence, and the more I look at the livery, the least I like it too. Um, so yeah, that I, I I'm gonna put that as my next car, also solely out of its disappoint, like my disappointing factor of it. Um, yeah, that they've actually well apparently a step backwards, not a step forwards. I think it was on. Um, um, actually, it was. Um, who was it? Julian. No, I think it was on on the on the right on the race. Uh, they were mentioning that the upgrades that they were expecting won't be available until maybe the second race. So they may be behind on upgrades. So I don't know if I put Alpine back that far just yet. I'm just going on based on what I've seen right now. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Your next but again, car. we got to kind of next car would be. Um, hmm. Oh boy! You don't like delivery. Kick, 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 Sauber. Yeah, I really was Which, hopeful. I was really hopeful. Yeah, but from what everybody says, trackside and 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 uh, performance is showing that. It's not looking great. They did complete a large number of laps, and they could be, you know, more focusing on long run paces as well. But the timing sheets say, uh, you know, that they're back a little bit of a ways. Right, and I, you know, they're. T- I think there's been a lot of focus on the, you know, the anti. Um, uh, you know, anti-dive and anti-squat yeah. issues of that's where the advantage of Red Bull racing team comes in. Um, and, and maybe we're just seeing a big focus on suspension as opposed to, you know, trying to solve that issue. Because um, if that is sort of the holy grail of this iteration of 
Formula One cars until 2026. And well, if I they're focusing on that, then they wouldn't necessarily be focusing on track time. I also think, you know, that they're, um, you know, what do we expect from a team that's, this is no doubting just a limbo period for this team as well. That, mm-hmm. You know, we're still waiting on the Audi to come in, cash yeah. the like support that's going to come with that. I, I don't know, but I, I don't know. They, the day three, Joe, Joe had some respectable times, but I think what they said is that, you know, he's, he's only, he's in the, he's into the 131s up there with Russell and Leclerc and Verstappen. But from what I heard on, um, it was a very low fuel run, kind of a, a go for glory kind of. Yeah. And this is in that group. Yeah, and that, that on group the softest that's... tire, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's not a, that's not a bad ad. I mean, that's a bad ad. It, 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 it just, it just can, like, you can look at the screen and see a Joe fast time, but then you, once you realize that he's on a tire offset that accounts for about six tenths of a second. And track temp that accounts for a couple other tents, and then you, that more than likely carrying fifty less kilos of weight too. Yeah, you know, at that time starts to not mean as much. Yeah. All right. So, up next. Up next. Let's see. I'm gonna put Williams. I think it's Williams's. I think a seventh place team. I think that's an improvement, though. I think that really is. I still think they look faster yeah. in the straights, but they did have Logan Sargent had a real bad spin. I think on day two, um, they're still struggling. They're still aerosensitive at certain corn, at like you know, like rear, and they have a really unsettled rear end stability still. Yeah, that was. I was going to ask you. I think. Am I thinking right? To focus on they're really having difficulty with rear end grip they're still arrow they're still arrow limited i think they have you know the power thing down yeah well their straight line speed was their thing which they still seem to have yeah but i think uh you know arrow in 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 these regs is just as the all key but i think there were so much good rumblings at the beginning but i think what they have is something to go forward with now more than last year and they, they, they seem to have picked up a bit of momentum. And that, you know, I mean, putting them ahead of Alpine, I wouldn't have thought we'd do. Putting them ahead of Alfa Romero, I wouldn't think we'd do. Based on some yeah. of the, you know, I mean, we're talking about the, the Williams of 2019 to now is they're, you know, they're making steps, you know. But mm-hmm. they probably had the farthest to go of any team, too. So... Um, yeah. I think I think we'll still see some pr- surprises with Albon this year, as per usual, if if they can get him feeling confident and can trust that rear end. Um, and yes. Logan's got a lot of work to do still, it seems. Um, but he's there. He got the shot. So let's see what he can do. Yeah, they gave him another shot. So Okay, so that's, I would say, is like the bottom. I'd say that would be our bottom. And then, and I think some of these can switch like Williams, I think would be able to punch into that midfield in some certain situations, but what, who's your first pick for that kind of midfield team? 
probably the Red Bull team. Yeah, everybody's so. saying they look really quite tidy. Quite a tidy little package. Yeah. Um, well, they're talking about they're getting more, you know, they're getting more from Red Bull uh, principal team. And both on personnel they're and huh? on the car. And talking about, uh, oh, it's basically an RB19 from last year. I guess it's, kind it's of not thing, as is, much as we thought it was going to be. Right. The regs. Exactly. Ever since the racing point, the pink Mercedes, I think they kind of built into some regulations that we can't do direct clones like that again. Right. But I think it's going to be cool to, I mean, one of those days Yuki Sonoda was in the top. Whoops, excuse me. Yeah, I uh, saw that. Which was I thought it? was awesome. Danny Rick seemed a lot more confident in that car, and I think it's going to be interesting to see him and how he can kind of affect the team with a with being there from the start. You know, this is going to be his first full year. And a lot, yeah. You can do a lot more when you you know the car better than just jumping in mid season. Um, so I think I think we could see some surprise results, but I would say I think they they think they're a, they could be a a Q three um even in, as soon as Bahrain. Um, so that's pretty yeah. interesting. They're on the verge of breaking into that that the best of the rest. Well, kind of thing. but it, I think breaking in and slash returning. I remember, you know, the yeah. the nineteen car with Gasly in it was regularly a P four P five finish. So yeah. I think you know it's good. They're finally getting back to where they should. And Red Bull, I think it's BS that Red Bull has two teams. I'm in the Zach Brown camp on that, and I think that's bananas, especially when you have uh, Andretti and Cadillac just waiting just waiting to, to, to be that car. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely silly that there's one company owns two teams and they won't let other teams in. Um, so I think that gives them too much voting power. I think that it's just too, too easy to collude. <laughs> I don't think they are. I'm just thinking like there's gonna, like something's gonna happen. I'm just saying it now. Like, Especially when they're sharing facilities, I just it just doesn't look good, um, and there still doesn't seem to be a clear direction. Like, there's no way they're gonna make that team ever better than their than Red Bull. So, if you're, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see the point to it. I, I don't, and it, and I think it's just a it's a like the Horner thing. It's just a distraction from the sport. And I feel bad for a lot of the, you know, drivers at that team and engineers and people at that team. It's like, I'd feel pretty like, well, A, I'd be stoked to just be in Formula One. But, you know, you have to kind of mm -hmm. be like, you have to kind of, it kind of would feel like being the mate, like being a minor league team playing in the majors though. Yeah. You know, like it's like they're, <laughs> they're being held at a disadvantage intentionally. And I, I just, it's weird. I don't understand it. It is a, it would, at least on the surface, seems like a very unusual, no, no, not an unusual. It's a weird dynamic, um, and I think I think ultimately that primarily the Red Bull Racing, the principal team, gains advantage from it. Oh, absolutely, and an advantage, you know, advantage over because if there's a lot of votes. similar components, well, yeah, but if there's a lot of similar components. 
just think of the testing of the pre-race um, evaluation of how this component versus that component is working on this circuit. I think they gain an advantage, and it just seems so weird that nobody's really focusing on that. Yeah. yeah. But we kind of probably know the reason. But but then when it throws in the, the Andretti Cadillac aspect of being turned down, turned down, turned down, it's like, well, now you guys are really looking suspicious. And what kind of hanky-panky are you really playing here? Yeah. And it really distracts away from the pureness of the sport type of thing. Yep. Okay, we got to get cruising. Yeah. Okay, the next the next group, I would say, is there's from what I've seen is it's kind of splitting hairs, but I'm gonna actually I'm I think they're all kind of so close. I'm just gonna rattle them off if you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But in this order probably is how I would do it. Um McLaren, Mercedes, Aston Martin. Um I think they're I think they're almost interchangeable probably when we comes down to the day. I think there will be some fantastic scraps between those three teams. I think from just what I've heard, McLaren, like they had reliability problems that didn't give them a lot of running time for Norris. Um, they're the, you know, the second lowest numbered, you know, they got the second least amount of running. They don't seem that confident to the start. The car doesn't feel super great. Um, Piastri still had tire degradation issues on his long runs. Like, I, it doesn't seem like they were that like McLaren of the of the end of last year where they were you know net, like you know I'm thinking Brazil with Norris and Max Badling. Um, I I think that they they have a long way to they have more way to go than we thought than I thought that they were going to start the year off with. But if anything has shown that they are the team that can see those dis- decisions isolate them, make the decisions, and, like, get on a trajectory moving forward. So I think that that could that, – that, that that's why I put these next three cars. They can be interchanged. They're, they're all kind of have their – they have the inherent right. pace to be in that midfield, that top of the midfield, but their little things can cause big swings, I think, now um, because of how, how tight and compacted the field is getting, especially towards – the closer you get to the front or that mid front. So who would you, put, yeah. who would you put next? Um, I think, or you mean of those three? Yeah. I'm thinking, um, I'm thinking, uh, I don't know, Mercedes. I'm right there with you. I think, uh, might be the, the lead of those three. Oh, really? I um, think they're mid. I would put, I would put Aston Martin ahead of them. Yeah, but then well, I the thought thing, you'd put McLaren ahead of him. No, no, no. McLaren's the so McLaren would be just above, in my opinion, the RB car, the Visa Cash App RB, then McLaren, then Mercedes, then Aston Martin. That's how I would go. But again, those three uh-huh. are so interchangeable. I think 
Yeah. You know, we have I to mean, think about Lance and, is going to be a factor in that and an actual outright positioning. And I, I just, I still have my questions about him as a driver, but we'll see. Um, I think the Mercedes has, has, they have some rear instability issues again. Um, they were making wild setup changes still during testing. Um, but I think, and then with, I think the plus, Lewis. yeah, I think Lewis is leaving. I don't, I yeah. think there's going to be some uncertainty there, but I do think that Lewis is going to be more confident in that car. They moved that, that driving position back, back again. So he's going to feel, have better feel in the car. Russell said, you know, this is a much better platform than they they had. Like there will be more development. So I would see them maybe yeah. slower to start, but you know that once they really can kind of hone in the might of that Mercedes organization, will I think I wouldn't be. I they were my long run horse. I would say I think I think by the end of the yeah. year, I would I would I would depending on how bad they start you know, see a, a, a much stronger finish than the way they're going to start the year. And I think I'm afraid Aston Martin, you know, they look good. And from what I've, from what I've heard, they call it the eye test, like Scott Mitchell mom and them that when you go down and stand trackside, that the Aston just looks like a very comp like competent racing machine. Like it when yeah. it's driven fast, it doesn't look instability. They didn't seem to be having issues with the car, um, but it does just seem to be. It doesn't seem to have that ah uh, black horse look that it did at the end at at the beginning of la uh, last year. Um, yeah, but they did say there's an asterisk that 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 could be weight. That could be a kind of a deliberate thing, and that there's still those unknowns that they could be carrying a lot more fuel than we ever thought they were carrying. Um, the trim could have been, you know, the engine modes could be different. Yeah, there was, um, I was watching um, Peter Windsor and Scarborough talking uh, about Mercedes that they really seem to be focusing on the front suspension in, in, in um, regards to the anti-dive focus under braking, uh -huh. but also we're playing around with the angle of the upper wishbone to, they were talking about how creating superior downwash, down, in other words, downforce during running. Mm. So not only are they talking about the, the position where that upper wishbone attaches to the side of the of the body uh -huh. but also the angle to which it 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 creates more downforce during running and so they're working with some things okay we want to deal with the with the uh, the rake of the car and the anti-dive under braking but can we gain a further advantage uh by creating more downforce with just the angle of the wishbone and of course with carbon fiber I mean, carbon fiber is massively strong, basically in one plane. So anytime you adjust the, an angle of carbon fiber, you've got to totally redesign the whole structure of that component. Otherwise, it'll fail. So I thought that was an interesting thing. The Scarborough guy sounds like he's an aerodynamicist that joins Peter uh, Windsor mm. 
pretty pretty regularly on these little tidbit things. So um, yeah. So that was just another little uh, thing, and I you know I didn't. Um, Oh, who's the aerodynamic geek with Formula One? Um, the race, you mean? Or no, um, I don't know. That's it. Doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. Well, well, he's. I didn't listen to anything he had to comment on yeah. things like this, but I wonder if he was noticing the same thing that might ultimately put Mercedes a little bit at a better advantage. I, I, like I, I said, I think there's there. I think they're just at an inherent disadvantage is that, and that's why I'm putting them kind of below Aston, even though they finished, you know, second. Um, yeah. But I just think that like, they're still because of their, their, their need to switch concepts that they did. Um, yeah. I think they're just, they're just a little bit behind, you know, but I think that they have better systems and more in place to be able to develop that car. I think that's what saves them is that just that that organizational might i just wonder how much of that will be there throughout this year yeah you know like i think yeah a lot of people could be smelling change <laughs> and the the uncertainty that this year i think it's so weird there's a lot of other things that are weird like we also th i mean we haven't talked about it but but clearly red bull looks the favorite again yeah um and it, and like I know I know I was having some fingy cross moments when they launched the car, and we saw that those weird you know almost Mercedes esque zero side pods, and a weird cannon barrel at the top Ferrari thing, and I was like, oh, did they really take the winning formula and fuck it up? And they dropped the ball, <laughs> you know. know? Like, and then, no, Max is, you know, looks like they have a couple of tents at once adjusted for, for everything. It looks like they're probably sitting on a, on a four, four tents, but the caveat, where was I going with that? Sorry. You know, Horner could, Horner could be out too. And what kind of dis 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 uh, destabilization could that bring? to them yeah you, you know I mean, or yeah. or perez you know leaving or having a, a driver swap and what that could change or but i think i think max is still going to be max and he looked competent he looked and then just some of the pictures of and the, and the tone and then like the relaxed nature of gp his race engineer like i mean they're already they're uh, on day one of testing they were within a tenth or two of Max's qualifying pace last year. So, like, we're, like, I think quality, Max's qualifying lap was in the 129s, and they were getting close to that in testing. These are going to be yeah. faster cars by a significant margin, I think. And Well, and then go, that's the other thing, is that a lot of people were suggesting that uh, Red Bull Racing, the principal team, was was really running conservative engine Helos mapping engine as well. Mapping. Yeah. And so I think they were just speculating, but, um, but so could Ferrari, you know, maybe so what if, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and we, you know, go ahead yeah. keep going. I'm interrupting. Sorry. No, it's just, I, I think there's, 
there was teams that were focusing on suspension issues. I think, you know, Williams would be one of those. Um, uh, along with uh, the Mercedes things we were talking about. Yeah. And then Haas seems to be focusing on tire management, i.e. suspension, and not really... Well, we have yet to talk about the one team that I think is giving me the most hope, and that is the Ferrari. Yeah. And when you talk about long-run pace and just just general attitudes from the team, you know, 12 months ago, Leclerc was saying that was the worst test session I've ever been a part of. Ever, he's mm-hmm. not saying that this year. He's saying the car feels good. Science, yeah, this is um, put the fastest time in again on a little bit of a tire offset, but a, like during his long run pace and Perez's similar similar long run pace, extrapolated out, science would have beat him by over a, like they were they were he was over a, a a second a lap faster in certain parts, and again what mm-hmm. the mapping and stuff says, but like. The one thing that Ferrari needed to work on, because they they outqualified Red Bull six times last year, one and, and only won once. You know, Ferrari's race pace was abysmal. Their tire degradation was abysmal, and I think they've spent a significant amount of time, and it seems to have worked. To they may have you know given a tenth or so or a couple tenths to Max in qualifying. But maybe, you know, they saw maybe there or or better in race trim and over, a, a, you know, a race distance, which is like where the race is actually won. I mean, we saw that with Red Bull all last year. They didn't care about qualifying. They knew that they knew that they had such an advantage during the race that they were going to overcome it no matter what. And I think I think maybe Freddie Vasseur and, and the team saw that and i just think i don't know i think science is going to be absolutely hungry to show ferrari that they made the wrong decision too yeah well you'll be and trying you'll to see you in my pre- race the, prediction and, <laughs> and, and try and find himself the best possible seat for 25 now and he's got yeah. one year and looks like a good car to do it I mean, you all know there's no secret of how I feel about science. I think he is the man, and I just want to see something good happen there for him. So. Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. I think, and I think four tenths is what I've kind of you know seen. Is kind of what they've they can they can uh, you know there's about a four tenths gap from Red Bull to Ferrari, about a half of a second to McLaren on its best. But then there's reliability things questioned me. Aston Martin's about about six tenths. Um, uh, f- yeah, I think Ferrari and Mercedes look good, but I think you know it, it, there's a lot still up in the air. But the the undoubtable bummer, and it was <laughs> there's so many good memes about it, but was the disappointment that Red Bull did so good again <laughs> i don't know yeah Unless you're a red bull fan i just well it, it there was just some grumblings that it's it's more of an advantage than they had last year you know in the season that they won 19 races you know like every yeah, yeah. race but one i think it's uh, and they say oh they you know at testing they're already at their qualifying pace of that year and i don't know that my my hopes of a of a really close fight aren't completely gone, but they're tempered more. Um, 
But I think the Ferrari of this year looks way better than the Ferrari of last year, and that's given me hope. Right. I, it's it's just, I think the, the other kind of um, thing to take note of, at least I seem to, there, as far as the overall grid, uh-huh. it just doesn't seem to be teams in crisis. No, yeah. You know, they're, they're just kind of like, they're coming in and they're, everybody seems to be pretty happy with the way things are. So it's kind of like that with Leclerc and, and, um, um, signs coming in and Ferrari and saying, now this is a car we can drive right off the bat. Yeah. It's, well, and I think, you know, everybody felt that way too. I think, uh, uh, I think, um, Alonzo seemed to talk positive about the Aston. I think, you know, like, I think there's good. There's good. And and then the, the field's going to be tight. I can tell you that. I think the field's going to be really tight. And there will be some really good racing this year. I, I just, it just might be like last year where it's behind Max. <laughs> right. But yeah, we'll be here to tell you all about it and to follow it as close as we can. But let's do our let's right. do some Bahrain predictions, Dad. Because let's be real, we're not going to do so, let's race do it. show before that. Do you want to do just race yeah. results or qualifying? Oh man, race results. Okay, that's so, too heavy for. Who do you got in P three? I have, and this is of course Perez. obviously after not seeing qualifying or not seeing Perez. Yeah, okay. I have per- I have Perez. Okay. Then. Uh, no, I'm gonna do my three. Oh, I'm gonna do my three. Oh, I'm gonna th- th- oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna put Leclerc in P3. Okay. You think Perez is? You, you put you put Science in P2. I put Science in P2. Okay. I too am gonna put Science in P2. That's funny. Ha MP one. Max. Yep. I think it's I think at this stage it's I don't want it to be. Until proven otherwise. It's funny that you have Leclerc nowhere and Perez up there. I think I find that you're riding you, you like in Perez, huh? Uh, I, think, I think he's gonna get out qualified by both Ferraris on the race on the first race. And that's going to be a bad Well, I, I'm kind of going on the hunch that Perez has got a fire lit. And I hope. And, and just Although see I him. do kind of want to see Science go to Red Bull. I do. There was some pictures. Oh, yeah. There were some pictures of Carlos Sainz Sr. and Horner and, and Newey and them talking. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll be back in just a, sh- a very quick week or so for the Bob yeah. Grand Prix um, and we'll see who got it right and who got yeah I'll be coming I'll be coming to you from uh, from uh, Florida Florida that's right Nick so well I'm so excited I can't believe it's already here longest Formula One season is just about to start and I'm here for it and you're here for it so here's to long a long term. fun Formula One season hopefully Yeah, baby. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.